After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
And was traveling alone He said he came from Vilna A survivor I could tell And I helped him with his suitcase He could not walk very well A steward gave us coffee As we settled on the plane And I asked him why he bothers At his age there'd be no blame 
He said, no, Simcha is a burden, though I miss my dear late wife. And then he shared with me a story that has changed my view of life. We danced round and round in circles as if the world had done no wrong. From evening until morning, filling up the shoe with song. Though we had no Sifrei Torah To clutch close to our hearts In their place we held the future Of a past so torn apart I remember liberation Joy and fear both intertwined Where to go and what to do And how to leave the pain behind My heart said, go to Vilna Dare I pray yet once again For the chance to find a loved one Or perhaps a childhood friend It took many months to get there From the late spring to the fall And as I, many others, close to four hundred in all And slowly there was healing, darkened souls now mixed with light When someone proudly cried out, Simchas Torah is tonight We danced round and round in circles, as if the world had done no wrong From evening until morning, filling up the shore with song. Though we had no Torah to clutch close to our hearts, in their place we held the future of a past so torn apart. the shul, our spirits in a trance, and tore apart the barricade, in defiance we would dance, but the scene before our eyes shook us to the core, scraps of cedar bullet holes, and blood stains on the floor. Turning to the eastern wall, we looked on in despair. There'd be no scrolls to dance with, the holy ark was bare. Then we heard two children crying, a boy and girl whom no one knew. And we realized that no children were among us but those two. We danced round and round in circles As if the world had done no wrong 
from evening until morning, filling up the shoe with song. Though we had no secretora to gather in our arms, in their place we held those children the Jewish people would We danced round and round in circles As if the world had done no wrong From evening until morning Filling up the shoe with song Though we had no secret love To clutch and hold up high In their place we held those children Am Yisrael
J.M. in the A.M. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. And, of course, on the uh, NSN app. It's Wednesday on this December 16th, the 4th of Tevez. Can you imagine it's a fast day coming up? We're less than a week away from a fast day. Huh. Finished Hanukkah, celebrating. Yeah, I guess that's true. After the jelly donuts and latkes, not bad to have a fast day. <laughs> a Sarba Tevez is... Uh, this coming Tuesday, I got People have been asking about uh, getting Rabbi Heber on the air, and I got to get him on. Talk about the Jewish calendar of five seven seven six. A lot of unique things going on this year. I'll try to do that. So maybe we'll do it on a Sarbatavis itself. That'd be cool. Um, anyway, uh, you heard the um, Shlaimi Kaufman uh, selection off of Avoda Stucka. It's called Habita Miadir. That's Itzik Dadia, the man from Vilna. Was Journeys, and of course, Journeys is one of the featured groups. Coming up at Hask, January the 10th. Had a great discussion yesterday with Ellie Gerstner and Shmiel Khan. Uh, they're getting ready for for what used to be called Avery Fisher Hall. Now it's David Geffen Hall on January the 10th. Ohad with Segula. You heard me, Mama Kim, the Idan Reichel Project. And Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Wednesday with 47 degrees, mostly sunny, and a high of 52. That's it, 52? Mid-December, New York, all we're getting is 52? <laughs> Trucker Yitz mentioned that a couple of years ago on the during this week it was like nine degrees outside. I still, hey, after all, I'm a weather pessimist, as you know, so I'm still assuming at some point in the next couple of weeks we're going to have a massive cold snap and maybe 20 inches of snow. But right now we're enjoying this. The high 52 drizzle later on with a low temperature of 48. Tomorrow looks like a rainy Thursday with a high of 58 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 62. We're at 47 here in Jersey City. We wake up on a Wednesday at 22 minutes before 8 o'clock. Well, Michael Fragan's going to join us. I just confirmed it. He will join us in the 8 o'clock hour, our JMN political consultant. After watching some of last night's Republican debate, I said to myself, i got to get Michael Fragan on the air. There's just too, there's too much fun going on here. i got to get him on and uh, talk about some of the things that are happening in these debates and the whole process that I guess will really begin in February with the Iowa caucus. So we'll speak with him coming up. Just confirmed, Robert Riskin will join us tomorrow. The big dinner is coming up for our Torah Stone. Robert Riskin will join us by telephone tomorrow morning in the 7 o'clock hour. Looking forward to that. That's for sure. Always love speaking with him. And uh, plenty more, of course, uh, as we march on here at JMN. And by the way, some great programming on our stream today. Uh, branching out with the JNF coming up at 9 o'clock and a very interesting show about planned giving. Very interesting program about planned giving. And Rabbi Shlomo Brody joins me uh, from Israel at 9.30 this morning on jmnam.org and the NSN app. And he joins me about the brand new book, Guide to the Complex. He tackles... And discusses, I don't want to say always reaches conclusions or makes decisions, but he discusses so many of the complex and I would dare to say controversial topics in the Jewish world today. Uh, just fascinating, a lot of stuff. I should read the table of contents to you so you get an idea of what he's talking about. Anyway, 9.30 this morning we speak with him uh, from Israel at jmnam.org. And on the NSN app, and of course, Essie's Weig with a live lunch 
Z report coming up uh, starting at um, 11 a.m. Eastern time on the stream, jmnam.org. 20 minutes before 7 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmnam.org and on the NSN app. Here is Simcha Liner.
J.M. in the A.M. Yumi Lowy with uh, Aisha Schail. Before that, Aryeh Kunzler had Osa Shalom. Eitz Chaim, he done by Mordechai Ben David off the sheer double CD. Simcha Liner, Elio Hanavi. He was in there with uh, his Pischili CD. And the Shlemy Kaufman had the Habita selection. A minute before 7 o'clock on a Wednesday with 47 degrees, mostly sunny and a high temperature of 52. Thanks for joining us. Jerusalem Post, of course, has the latest news. And it is uh, so disturbing when you read about the United Nations leader, Ban Ki-moon, and some of the statements he makes. And a message delivered on his behalf to a conference on the rights of Palestinian people in the situation in Jerusalem organized this week in Indonesia. The Secretary General said that the recent Palestinian attacks on Israelis are, quote, bred from nearly five decades of Israeli occupation. It is a result of fear, humiliation, frustration, and mistrust, he said. It has been fed by the wounds of decades of bloody conflict. It will take a long time to heal. Palestinians, youth in particular, are tired of broken promises, and they see no light at the end of the tunnel. Talk about rhetoric that can only exacerbate a bad situation. Rhetoric that is essentially serves no purpose other than uh, spreading lies and uh, other than uh, giving a valid excuse to the enemy to act the way they do. Unbelievable. Wednesday morning in America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world in the web, jmdm.org. Mostly sunny for today with a high 52. Drizzle early tonight, a low 48. Tomorrow looks like a rainy Thursday and a high temperature of 58 degrees. We're at 47 right now here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Michael Fragan's going to join us, talk about that Republican debate last night and a whole bunch of other stuff leading up to the decision of 2016, a decision that I, I'm getting less and less hopeful is going to actually make a difference, but hopefully it will. <laughs> hopefully there'll be a leader in the White House who can uh, continue the U.S. position of being uh, at the top in this world. We'll see. See if that happens. Agalitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. השר סילבן שלום מסרב להגיב על טענות העובדת לשעבר בלשכתו שלפיהן הטריד אותה מינית. כתבנו מיכאל שמש ניסה לשאול אותו בכנסת על הפרשה. ילדן שוחחה עם חברת הכנסת מיכל רוזין, אחת משלוש חברות הכנסת של מרץ, הדורשות לפתוח בחקירה פלילית נגד שלום. אנחנו שומעים את אותם דברים מנשים שונות לחלוטין, שלא מכירות אחת את השנייה, שלא מתאמות גרסאות. ראוי יהיה לנו שנבחרי ציבור באמת ייקחו דוגמה מחבר הכנסת לשעבר מגל, ופשוט יעזבו את, לפחות את בית הנבחרים. יושב ראש ההסתדרות אבי ניסנקון מאיים לפתוח בשביתה כללית במשק בעוד שבוע אם לא יוחלט על העלאת שכר במגזר הציבורי. אנחנו חייבים לגמור את ההסכם החודש, כי שנה בין הסכם פתוח ושלוש שנים בלי תוספת שכר. חייבים לגמור אותו החודש. אם לא יהיה פתרון, אנחנו נצטרך עוד כשבוע. ומהאוצר נמסר לכתבנו יותם ברגר כי מתקיים משא ומתן כבר כמה ימים וכי שווי ההעלאה שדורשת ההסתדרות מוערך במיליארדי שקלים. 
ראש עיריית תל אביב רון חולדאי טוען שהממשלה מעכבת כבר למעלה משנה את החוק לשכירות הוגנת ופוגעת בסוחרים. הדברים שאמר לכתבנו איתמר קציר. ממשלת ישראל מפקירה את שוכרי הדירות. זה לא שוק חופשי, זה שוק ללא כללי משחק, ואת החגיגה הזאת הגיע הזמן לסיים באמצעות חקיקה שתעשה סדר ותיטיב עם הסוחרים וגם עם בעלי הדירות. מגדלי העופות הורידו את המחירים, אבל אנחנו ממשיכים לשלם על העוף ביוקר. כך מגלה בדיקה של משרד החקלאות, כתבנו ישי שנרב. מבדיקה שערכו במשרד עולה שהחקלאים עמדו בהתחייבותם והוזילו את המחיר בכ-15%, אלא שהמשחטות ורשתות השיווק לא שינו דבר, והצרכנים ממשיכים לשלם יותר מ-20 שקלים לקילו עוף. לפי כלכלני המשרד, המחיר לצרכן לא צריך לעלות מ-16 שקלים וחצי לקילו טרי, ו-19 שקלים לקילו עוף שלם ארוז. פלסטיני בן 14 מואשם שניסה להיכנס לישראל ולבצע פיגוע באזור קריית גת, כתבנו רמי שני. הנער נתפס לפני כשבוע וחצי בידי כוח צה"ל שהיה בסיור סמוך לגדר הגבול עם הרשות הפלסטינית באזור מזרח חבל לכיש. הוא נלקח לחקירה בה הכיש תחילה כוונות של כניסה לצורך ביצוע פיגוע, אולם בהמשך הודה כי זאת הייתה מטרת בואו. בחלב נמצא סכין ובמהלך החקירה התברר כי הוא השאיר מכתב לבני משפחתו בו ביקש את סליחתם וסיפר על כוונותיו להפוך לשהיד. גבר כבן חמישים נפצע בינוני עד קשה בהתרסקות מסוק אולטרלייט אזרחי, כתבנו ניתאי ענבי. כלי הטיס האזרחי התרסק סמוך למנחת תנובות שבשרון, חובשים ופרמדיקים של מגן דוד אדום מעניקים טיפול רפואי ומפנים לבית החולים מאיר גבר כבן חמישים ושתיים במצב בינוני, פגיעות בבטן, בהכרה מלאה ובמצב יציב. התאונה נחקרת על ידי גורמי התעופה. אדם אחד נפגע בינוני עד קשה משרפה שפרצה בדירתו בקריית ים. כתבנו קובי מנדל מוסר שצוותים של מכבי האש ומד"א חילצו אותו מהדירה הבוערת כשהוא סובל מכוויות ומשאיפת עשן. ולסיום, בנק ישראל משיק היום את השטר החדש של 200 שקלים במקום הנייר האדום המוכר עם דיוקנו של זלמן שזר. נתרגל בקרוב לשטר חלחל חדש הנושא את תמונתו של המשורר נתן אלתרמן. בעוד שבוע בדיוק הוא יופץ לבנקים ולמכשירי הכספומט. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר.
Oh, hey, no, hey, hey. 
J.M. in the A.M. Moshe Hecht, Father in Heaven. That is a great selection off of the uh, Heart is Alive CD. <coughs> Excuse me. J.M. in the A.M. with the Nochi Krohn Band. Before that with Esau Enai. You heard a Semach David done by the Rabbi's Sons to open up the 7 o'clock hour. Wednesday, quarter after 7. Good morning. Heading to school, heading to work. And thanks for listening in to J.M. in the A.M. If you're anywhere around the world, no matter what time zone you might be in, in Europe, Israel, etc., thanks for listening in. It's much appreciated. And if you're tuned in on our archives, I thank you for that as well. For some people, it might be too early in the morning to actually be up. <laughs> Sometimes I think for us, it's too early in the morning to actually be up. 
Uh, JM in the AM with um, a note that I got from uh, Elliot Weiselberg this morning. Where is this? He wrote to me about... Um, he wrote to me yesterday... Um, something about the... Yeah, here it is. He said uh, he has to make a correction. He made a schedule mistake yesterday in the Yeshiva League sports update. So Elliot Weiselberg, our sports editor-in-chief, he owns the mistake and tells us that there was a basketball game between Frisch and TABC. The game was actually Tuesday night. He misread the schedule, meaning last night. He misread the schedule, and um, and therefore he apologizes for that. And uh, he says the following in his follow-up uh Email from this morning in regard to DABC and Frisch. He said that the TABC, uh, Frisch rather, defeated TABC 35 to 34. First half, the TABC led by senior Aaron Heidman, six points to start the game, and junior Mo Proctor, seven to pace TABC to a 26 19 lead at the half. In the second, TABC shooting was colder, and despite holding an eight point lead with six minutes to go, um, five first three-pointers over the next 10 minutes of play, three by junior Josh Dukas, two by junior Jordan Kleinhaus, gave Frisch a 35-30 lead. TABC trimmed it to one, but that was that. So Frisch is now five and two with the win, TABC three and five. And um, Elliot says, solid props to the broadcast crew from the game, and I appreciate that. I know some of the broadcast crew members. In fact, I may know all of the broadcast crew members. And uh, congratulations to Frisch and TABC for a great game. Again, Frisch comes out on top last night. That's the addendum to our Yeshiva League sports update, which normally is Tuesday at 7.20 right here at JM in the AM. 47 degrees, mostly sunny, a high 52. More coming up. It's JM in the AM with Pure Soul. Come 
Tilly 
Nairam Nairairairairam JM in the AM. Odcha done by David Gabe off the brand new one, Hakola Tova, here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that, you heard Pure Soul with Habate. Wednesday morning broadcast at 28 minutes after 7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, Michael Fragan coming up, our JM in the AM political consultant. <laughs> Talk about some of the activity last night at the Republican uh, debate. Very interesting conversation, if you can call it that. <laughs> at least the parts that I saw. I found fascinating. Uh, so we'll do that coming up the third hour. Rabbi Riskin's going to join us tomorrow. Rabbi Shlomo Riskin, the OTI, or I should say rather OTS, or Torah Stone Dinner is coming up here in New York City. He'll join us tomorrow live via telephone in the 7 o'clock hour, which we are looking forward to. Amazing day on our stream all day long at jmnam.org. Make sure to be tuned in. Um, starting at 9 o'clock, branching out is the name of the program. And I get the opportunity uh, today to speak with the uh, Director of Planned Giving at the JNF. A very interesting conversation. Till this conversation, I was, uh, I was convinced that the area of planned giving is only for those who have really, really tremendous means. Matt Bernstein, the JNF chief planning, chief plan giving officer, sets the record straight on that. And coming up at 9.30 are by Shlomo Brody, a guide to the complex contemporary halachic debates. He has everything in this book. 130 plus topics, everything you can imagine. From medical ethics to harabayit to whether, uh, Mechira's chametz is selling the chametz before Pesach actually works. And a million other topics. It's amazing. It's a great conversation. It's an amazing book. A Guide to the Complex Contemporary Halachic Debates. Rabbi Shlomo Brody joins me 9.30 this morning on jamnam.org. Guess he's why? has the uh, top nine at nine at 10 o'clock. And then the Wednesday live lunch follows starting at 11. And um, amazing programming and music on our stream all day long, of course, at jamnam.org. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here and... Esther Basar Yosef Alevi, here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Talmud comments that if one will attend to the old, he will be able to listen to the new. That's the meaning of the expression, Talmud Chacham. It's an individual who understands Torah, but yet continues to learn. The root of Chachma lies in the ability to acquire knowledge from others. Like it says in Perkei Avos, Ezeu Chacham. Who is the wise? He who learns from every person. Hagoyen Rav Sholem El Yashiv comments that everyone should learn from everybody. It's not limited to deriving lessons just from Gedolei Hador, but one can learn even from the simplest Jew. For each person has a bit of information, one good characteristic, one precious lesson to share. Rav El Yashiv cites the Talmud and Shabbos, 
Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was forced to flee for his life after he censured the Roman government. He escaped with his son Rabbi Lazar, and they lived in a cave for 13 years. They were sustained by a carob tree and a water well, which were miraculously created. They buried their bodies in sand up until their necks and immersed themselves totally and completely in Torah learning. One day, Elio Anovi came and informed them that the emperor had died. When they emerged from the cave, they saw a man plowing his field. They exclaimed, People forsake the eternal world and engage in the mundane world. Whatever they looked at was immediately consumed by fire. A heavenly voice came forth and ordered them, Return to the cave. They remained there for another twelve months. Revel Yoshev notes that due to the total immersion of these two tzaddikim in Torah learning, it was their perception of the world, in the eternal world, that was unlike that of other tzaddikim. They had become elevated spiritually to the level of malochim, angels, who were unable to tolerate sin or transgression. It says in Shmos, Behold, I send an angel before you. Beware of him, for he will not forgive you for willful sin. Ostensibly, Reb Shimon and Reb Lozer were sent back to the cave to adjust their perception of the real world. Yet, when they emerged from the cave a second time, the Talmud observes that wherever Reb Lozer gazed, he destroyed. His father Reb Shimon would then heal. We would have thought that the resistance to change would have manifested itself in Reb Shimon, who was older, rather than in his son, Reb Lozer. However, it's important to consider their original reason for going into hiding. Reb Shimon was forced to flee because the government was in pursuit. Reb Lozer only accompanied his father in order to learn Torah with him. Reb Lozer withdrew from everybody of his own free will. He abandoned the enticements of this world. As a result, it was very difficult for Belozer to reconcile his preoccupation with the eternal life, with the banalities and the narcissism of the temporal world. The Talmud continues to relate that it was close to sunset before Shabbos. Reb Shimon Reb Elozer saw an old man. He was hurrying, carrying two bundles of myrtles. They asked him, what are these for? He replied, they were in the honor of the Shabbos. They said to him, so then only one should suffice. The man replied that one was for Zohar and one was for Shomar. When Reb Shimon heard this, he said to his son, Look how beloved the mitzvahs are to the Jewish nation, that they beautify them. They were then both at peace. Who is wise? He who learns from every person. That's the lesson that we learned, that even Reb Shimon Bar Yochai and his son Reb Elozer learned from a simple man as they re-entered into the real world. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
Thank 
חשובות עד יעבור זעם איך נוכל להסתדר וכמו בכל פעם אצטרך בך להיעזר כי בלעדיך כלום לא שווה ואני יושב ומקווה שיבוא
jam in the AM. Yehuda Green. Song he calls Rip Shlomo's Nigun here at JM in the AM. God Elbaz before that with Mina Meitzar. You heard Baruch Levine brand new by He Bishurin. Yelly Greenfeld and Zeh here at JM in the AM. Wednesday morning, 47 degrees, mostly sunny, a high 52, nine minutes before 8 o'clock. Michael Fragan will join us in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll talk a little bit about politics. Reminder, our JMNAM fundraiser this year for Pesach is happening at Club Kosher. Um, this is the uh, program that Elon Kornblum of Great Kosher Restaurants uh, introduced to us and is going to feature some of the best chefs in the world. Uh, the program chef at Breadbury, the chef of ETC Steakhouse, the chef at Izzy's Barbecue Addiction, which is a <laughs> major addiction in Brooklyn, uh, chef at Mexico in L.A., the chef at Jeff's Gourmet in L.A., Albert Bijou, the dairy menu specialist, Chaya Lichtenstein, the food blogger at Chef Chaya. Uh, it's called Passover in Paradise. It's down in Puerto Rico at the Carib Hilton in San Juan. We will be there. Rabbi Steve Berg will be there. The Moshav Band will be there. Matisiao will be there. And it should be an absolutely elegant and beautiful Pesach. Information about all of this, clubkosher.com. Again, that's clubkosher.com. You could email clubkosher2016 at gmail.com or dial 718-336-4201, 718-336-4201. We'll speak more about it, obviously, as we get closer and closer. So those of you considering heading away for Pesach, consider this as it is a fundraiser for us. And... Um, uh, for those of you who uh, who travel for Pesach, could be an amazing and incredible choice for you. Check it out at clubkosher.com. Eight minutes before 8 o'clock, JM in the AM with 47 degrees on a Wednesday. Don't forget, coming up at 9, right after JM in the AM, on the uh, JNF Branching Out program, we get the opportunity today. Very interesting conversation, just when you think you know everything about how uh, organizational life works. Uh, you end up learning a lot from one conversation. Matt Bernstein joins me. He's JNF Chief Plan Giving Officer. A lot, a lot of interesting things to say for both people of great means and people of regular means. Very interesting material. Uh, that's from 9 to 9.30. At 9.30, Rabbi Shlomo Brody on a guide to the complex contemporary halachic debates. He has such an array of topics that he discusses in this book. You could sit for hours on each one of these topics. It's unbelievable. And he does like a three, four-page essay on each one. It's not like it's, you know, 30 pages on each. Really interesting. Right. Shlomo Brody, a guide to the complex contemporary halachic debates. It is a um, Magid Books, current publications release. And um, you can check it out on their website. And you'll hear the interview starting at 9.30 this morning here at jmnam.org. And, of course, on the NSN app. So there you go. Uh, JM in the AM on a Wednesday. Tomorrow we have Rabbi Shlomo Riskin joining us. Make sure to be tuned in. He'll join us in the 7 o'clock hour. He's got a big dinner coming up for our Torah Stone. Tomorrow he joins us 7 o'clock hour right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Isaac Bitone wraps up the hour of a Tom die that brand new single here at J.M. in the A.M. Yehuda Green before that, 8 o'clock in the morning, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. And on the NSN app.
Well, as we said yesterday, he'll be headlining an amazing event January the 10th, a kickoff of what's going to be a Haas concert tour throughout this country. That's right. That's the uh, even bigger news for this year. January 10th, Yaakov Shweki headlines. Go to the website, HaasConcert.com, H-A-S-C-Concert.com. Well, we promised you Michael Fragan. He is the JM and the AM political consultant, and uh, he's the man we turn to when we have uh, we have questions in the world of politics. I'm laughing because I think there are a lot of questions and very few answers these days. Michael Fragan, welcome back to JM and the AM. Good morning, Nachum, and welcome back uh, stateside. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, I got first of all, you know, when when it's obvious that a group of candidates is trying to demean or um, you know treat in a less serious manner one of the candidates during a debate. In this case, by calling him Marco, right? Have they been doing that the entire time, or was last night the first time that everyone started to gang up on Senator Rubio? Well, I think this was the first time that everybody had Senator Rubio in their sights. Right. Said that the focus was almost entirely on him. In the past, you kind of seen a focus on either Ben Carson or Donald Trump. So how does you that? Know, he, so how does that happen? Game of musical chairs going so, on right now. Well, it's, it's right, but but, but right, but how does that happen? I mean, is there is there a huddle beforehand where where the others you know gather together and say, okay, here's our strategy. It's time to gang up on 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 this guy or that guy, like. How, I mean, it, it, it seemed it seemed almost comical in terms of how um, you know premeditated the entire thing was. Is it like that, or is it just once one starts, if it's a, a good piece of the agenda for the other, they'll just join in? Well, it is it is interesting that if when you think about it, Marco Rubio is not the front runner. He's not even in second place, right? And in certain places, he's not even in third place yet. Donald Trump felt the need to attack him, and others felt that Rand Paul felt the need to attack him, and Ted Cruz certainly felt the need to attack him. You know, Ted Cruz, who's in second place, you know, if you look at national polls, attack Marco Rubio and not Donald Trump. Right. Uh, it's 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 incredible uh, dynamic that's going on here between this group. I don't know if there's a huddle. Uh, certainly, <laughs> if there is a huddle, the person who wasn't invited to the huddle was Chris Christie because he turned around and said, guys, I'm totally above this. Uh, I thought he had the be- probably the best line of the debate when he turned around and said, are you, you know, basically, are you guys falling asleep? This is what the U.S. Senate is like. Right, that was guys good, yeah. bickering with each other. Great moment. I hope that he gets enough credit for it because it really is, it really was a great moment. And I think it really speaks to what a lot of people are thinking. Like, these guys could just go on and on and on all day. And somebody has to be the adult in the room. Yeah, yeah. The eyes glazed over. He said, uh, with great sympathy toward the uh, to the audience at home. Um, the, is, is, is am I okay? Maybe maybe I'm showing my age. Maybe um, maybe I am uh, you know more more jaded in my opinion than I used to be when I took this even more seriously watching the spectator sports of politics. But listening to everyone's uh, ideas about how to defeat ISIS. You know, the three-sentence approach to defeating, you know, the the most active and uh, best financially supported terror organization in the world is, is almost comical. Do you get the same feeling when they turn to each candidate and say, okay, what's your plan, and they have to give a 30-second presentation? Well, that's going to be the nature of any campaign. That's going to be the nature of any debate. I think you have to ask questions, and we're hoping for specifics. I mean, People who are serious voters and seriously looking at the race, they want they want answers. Uh, it's certainly, I think, a, a very valid criticism 
of Donald Trump is the fact that he refuses to get give any specifics. Even even now, even you know, less than sixty days before the first primary, you really cannot pin that man down on any specific proposals. Other than when we're going to build a wall, I know how to build walls. It's going to be great. Everything's going to be fine. When I nobody's going to be scared when I'm president. Right. It's just uh, people want specifics. Can anything be? be distilled into three sentences? Of course not. And that just shows the problem that all the news organizations have with so many candidates. They're just, there's just so many candidates, there's not a lot of time for them. And you, you, see, you see a lot of the, when you look at the winners and losers of the debate, a lot of it is just based on talking time and who interrupts the most and who gets in there and who gets, you know, who elbows and muscles their way in to talking. Yeah, there were a lot. There were there were candidates who didn't get a chance at all last night. I mean, they just you know. Well, pretty much, well, I, I would totally agree with that. Uh, in fact, I, I just should point out. I think one of the best moments of the whole debate, and where I think you actually kind of set the tone, was when Wolf Blitzer put Ted Cruz in his place and said, "You know, you 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 agree to these rules, essentially. Right. Now be quiet." <laughs> right. You know, uh, you know, Cruz had made a point of bullying the moderators in many of the in many of the past debates talking over them and getting a lot of extra talking time i thought the debate was very well moderated last night it was very serious on issues i think hugh hewitt is absolutely fantastic i don't listen to that guy enough uh he really is a serious policy guy and i think they really ask questions that really matter to people right now mm, interesting uh, yeah i i also think hugh hewitt is is great but I don't know, his question to Ben Carson, for instance, you know, someone of your background, how could you, you know, how, how could you talk about obliterating, you know, innocent children? And, you know, I don't know, something about it just, uh, you know, Ben Carson never said that. And he never, you know, meant that in his, you know, in his strategy of how to defeat ISIS. And, and I don't know, I mean, I like Carson's answer to it, but uh, I, I just... You say it was moderated well. I still question, even if the best questioners are asking fair questions. That's all. No, I, I look. The, the questions are designed clearly to to push a candidate to a certain answer, and you know that's a, a little bit of there is a gotcha ism in every debate. There's a gotcha ism in every in every uh, uh, interview, uh, not necessarily to try and trip him up. But I thought the Ben Carson thing was fair because Ben Carson just. Is, is all about platitudes. And uh, in a sense, you know, people have kind of said, do you, you know, you want to talk about just in platitudes and general themes over and over, and when you get into specifics, it looks like you're reading from a script. Uh, you know, do you have the medal, what it takes to be commander-in-chief, uh, you know, which requires, unfortunately, pulling the trigger, mm-hmm. not literally, but figuratively, you know, and do you have uh, the temperament to do that? I think... Given Ben Carson's background, it is a somewhat a legitimate question because he really has been all about platitudes. I'm curious what people in our community think of Trump. You know, we, we see that uh, among many, he's still very strong in this country, and among some, he's you know his popularity is starting to wane. People, some people are getting a little sick and tired of the routine, so to speak. What 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 about in our community? What do you pick up from members of our community? Uh, you know, he canceled the trip to Israel. I'm sure that made an impression on a lot of people. Anything you could tell us that would give us a general overview of how people like us are viewing him? I continue to be astonished, and I, I use that word uh, not lightly. I continue to be astonished by how many people are Trump supporters 
within our community. Wow. And not because Trump is a bad guy. I don't, you know, I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think that he has any ill feelings towards, I think he has good feelings and strong feelings towards our community. But really, when it comes down to it, he is a foreign policy lightweight. And we know we have a foreign policy lightweight in the White House currently. Uh, how do we allow somebody who is such a lightweight to go in and say, okay, you know, I'll learn on the job? President of the United States is not a learning on the job experience. I understand that he has the ability and he's a good negotiator. He pointed that out. He's as good a negotiator as many of the Jews in, you know, the RJC, Republican Jewish Coalition audience, uh, which I thought was kind of uh, off putting. But he really does not and has not shown any considerable foreign policy expertise. And I think the, you know, barring Muslims from the United States is just out of bounds. I mean, it's just so far out of bounds. And, you know, many Jews should really, you know, come wake up and understand that. It's just not, uh, it's not workable. It's not, uh, it's not constitutional. It's not American. Yeah. And uh, we, we should, you know, we, we need to understand that. But uh, I'm still astonished by it. Uh, that being said, I think a lot of people are, a lot of people uh, in the Orthodox community are either with Cruz or Rubio. Uh, you know, some people had been with Huckabee. I think there are still people with Huckabee. Uh, I can't understand why exactly. Um, and then, you know, the establishment types are, are still holding on to the dream that Jeb Bush is going to pull out of the cellar. Well, I've had my weeks, you know. I had my Carson week, my uh, Carly week, my uh, my Jeb Bush week. And, and I really don't have a horse in the race right now. Like, I, I, I really have no clue, you know, who I would prefer at this point to win the Republican nomination. But why does Rubio seem presidential to me? Why, as I'm watching last night, to me, does he seem like the most serious? And I don't mean serious in terms of, you know, being deadpan serious. I'm turning to saying serious in terms of, you know, the, the effort to win the nomination. Why does he seem to me the most serious candidate? Well, if you're... Or the most, the most, pre- maybe I should say the most presidential looking. Maybe I should say the most presidential looking candidate among right. them. No, I, I think, I, I think that's a, I, I get the same feeling. And I'm not, and I don't have a horse of the race either. But I will say, having watched him, he does actually come across as presidential. He does come across with, with a command of the issues and the rhetoric and the oratory to back it up. Uh, he did, you know, I think challenge Ted Cruz very well on, you know, the surveillance program. And Ted Cruz is an old law, you know, in this specific area, is an old line conservative libertarian who's much closer to Rand Paul uh, and that wing of the party as far as terrorist surveillance. And that's his record. Um, You know, Marco Rubio is much closer to what we would call a neocon type of approach, uh, more what many people in our, you know, with our backgrounds, uh, you know, more the Dick Cheney type of approach. If you're looking for an heir to, like, the Cheney doctrine, which is not always popular, uh, Marco Rubio is more your guy, much more than Ted Cruz would be. Uh, that's, uh, I think, the, you know, that's the command of, of the issues. He's also serious and thoughtful in many ways. He's not as doctrinaire as some of the others in the audience. You know, he's willing to say that, uh, you know, to say that, we need to find a solution on immigration, not to just say, okay, we'll slap up a wall and it's going to be a great wall. And of course, Ted Cruz had the line saying, we'll get Donald Trump to pay for the wall. Right. Uh, good, good line, but of course, you know, building a wall on the southern border does not solve our immigration issue. Right. Michael Fragan with us, uh, host of the Spin Class 930 Thursday mornings here at jmnam.org. 
Uh, Iowa caucus, New Hampshire primary, we're now weeks away. Believe it or not, this process is starting to move a little bit. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll have a winnowing. <laughs> you think so? Well, you know, it's hard to talk, you know, even in our short time together now from this morning. There are so many candidates we didn't even mention. I know. It's unbelievable. Um, I mean, I, who's strongest going into these two contests? I mean, I, and plenty can change in the next five weeks, right? I mean, plenty could change. Sure. Well, everybody has to be reminded that the two the two states, Iowa and New Hampshire, could not be more different when it comes to the electorate, particularly the Republican electorate. Uh, Iowa is extremely conservative. It's a caucus and not a primary, so the rules are entirely different. It relies entirely about an organization. There's no. It's not really for the casual voter. Every. It's not like the polls open at six and they close at nine. You have to go there in the evening, and you have to sit there for a couple hours and caucus. Uh, it's heavily reliant on evangelical conservatives, evangelical Christians, who come out in Iowa. And New Hampshire is actually an open primary. Uh, anybody can vote. You can't vote in both, but you can. But independents and even Democrats can vote in the Republican primary. It's a very different electorate, very not dominated by uh, evangelical conservatives, but uh, more moderate, more libertarian, and there are a lot of, uh, there are some candidates who are staking their future on Iowa, and there's some candidates that are staking their entire future on New Hampshire. Um, and then, of course, you run into South Carolina and Nevada, and then other states as well, so even to look past that. It's going to be interesting how the field narrows. Hopefully, you know, hopefully it will narrow quite a bit, and then how that dynamic shapes up. I mean, this entire race had been the narrative about for the last couple months about Trump and the anti-Trump. Who's right. a Trump supporter? Who's not a Trump supporter? Right. Uh, most, you know, Trump seems to have a, a you know, a, a range, you know, in the 25 to 35 percent national polling. Uh, if other candidates drop out, you know, where does their support go? Uh, if Trump drops out, who knows what's exactly going to happen? But as I said, uh, Iowa and New Hampshire are totally different. I don't think you know anybody is expecting Ted Cruz, who is right now leading the polls in Iowa, to do well in New Hampshire. I don't think anybody's expecting uh, the you know Marco Rubio or Jeb Bush or Chris Christie or uh, or John Kasich, who are doing well in New Hampshire, uh, to break through in Iowa. Very interesting. Who you're, you know yet? Who you're going to be speaking to tomorrow morning on Spin Class? Or that's in the works. That's in the works. I'm trying to balance between the debate and all that's going on here in New York State. As you might, you know, as you might remember, we had some uh, really bombshell news over the last couple of weeks uh, as far as uh, changes, uh, particularly legal changes here in the uh, New York State Legislature, with very prominent uh, elected officials being convicted of uh, corruption. And uh, seriously, I take corruption very seriously and the topic very seriously, and we're probably going to speak about that a little bit. Uh, tomorrow, where we will certainly have a, a good and thorough discussion of the Republican debate. 9.30 tomorrow morning, uh, Eastern Time Spin Class with Michael Fragan. You can hear it on jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. Michael, continue to enjoy, well, as you know, I call it the world's greatest spectator sport. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Malcolm. Have a great day. Michael Fragan with us here at JMNAM. It is an amazing spectator sport watching these debates and watching everything going on over the last few months. In this case, on the Republican side, I guess the Democratic side hasn't been as as exciting, but there've been there they've been there've been some moments on that side as well. Wednesday morning broadcast, twenty minutes after eight o'clock. You're listening to JM in the AM.
jam in the am on a Wednesday morning, and that's, of course, the uh, music of Simcha Liner, Eliyahu Hanavi. Before that, Shlaimi Gertner with Enkel Okainu. You heard Echad Yachid done by Omek Hadover to open up that set. Wednesday, jam in the am at 27 minutes before 9 o'clock, or by Shlomo Riskin, 7 o'clock hour tomorrow morning with us here at jam in the am. Remind you that um, JNF branching out program coming up at 9. Um... That's happening at 9 o'clock this morning until 9.30, right after JM in the AM. And during that discussion, we have an opportunity to speak with uh, Mark, with Matt Bernstein, rather, JNF Chief uh, Plan Giving Officer. Uh, buy the book with uh, Cohen Publishers, or by Shlomo Brody, coming up at 9.30, with the topic of a guide to the complex contemporary halachic debates. Guide to the complex. It is a fascinating book. With over 130 topics, every one of them you could spend hours on. <laughs> really amazing. Top 9 at 9 coming up at 10 o'clock. Then Yessi Zweig with a live Lunch Z report coming up between 11 and 1. Make sure to be tuned in all day long on the stream at jmn.org and, of course, on the NSN app. All day long, great programming. 26 minutes before 9 o'clock. It's JM in the AM. Yesterday we mentioned that in addition to the Yaakov Shweki, there's an entire list of incredible... Um, of incredible performers and artists who are going to be part of the Hass concert January the 10th. One of them, eighth day. Here they are at JM in the AM. ups and downs we call living thank you for the good times and the better times thank you for the rainy days and sunshine thank you for the journey that we're journeying for all the lessons we are learning thank you for the good times and the better times so to you I raise this cup of mine Smile shining, keep the blessings coming Till the cups overflowing Blessing upon your head Blessing upon your head Smile shining, keep the blessings coming Till the cups overflowing Blessing upon your head For good news that we're hearing Thank you for new suits that we're wearing Thank you for good times and the better times So to you I raise this cup of mine This cup of Yeah. 
Willig family with uh, Ilu Finu before that Shlomo Katz with Mina Meitzar. You heard Benny Friedman and Manani Limili. It's a big favorite. Thank you, done by Eighth Day. They're part of the Big Hass concert coming up January the 10th. A star-studded lineup that we went through with you yesterday, and my gosh, it is going to be quite a night January the 10th. HassConcert.com has all the information. HASCConcert.com with all the info. JM and AM at 9 minutes before 9 o'clock. Um, coming up, branching out, Matt Bernstein, my guest. That's happening between 9 and 9.30, or by Shlomo Brody between 9.30 and 10, courtesy of our friends at Corin Publications. An amazing book, Guide to the Complex. <laughs> a lot of contemporary issues, many of them controversial, and he addresses over 130 of them in that book. 
Really interesting. I think you'll find it fascinating. It's coming up at 9.30 this morning. Uh, live lunch. We'll be live with Yossi Zweig, a Z-Report live lunch. You'll enjoy that uh, starting at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time on our stream at jmnam.org and the NSN app. Avram Rosenblum is next. This is JM in the AM.
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners, sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Wraps up a great Wednesday broadcast here at JM and the M. Plenty coming up on our stream all day long at jmtheam.org. Tomorrow morning, everybody, Shlomo Riskin is going to join us. He is traveling in the United States in advance of the Artura Stone dinner. It's always an honor to have him on. He'll join us tomorrow here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.